Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast Season 3 with Jim Heskett. I'm your host, Jim Heskett. That's me. Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm Jim. What's your name? Oh, wait, you can't talk, can you? No, you can't. I mean, you can talk, literally. You could say your name right now. Here, I'm going to leave a little blank space. What's your name? Okay, great. Hey, thanks for sharing that information with me. Of course, I can't hear you say your name, obviously, but uh, it's good for us to have a dialogue. You know what I'm saying? It makes you feel like you're part of the thing because I want you to feel like you're a part of the thing. Me, I'm super introverted, and so I don't have any problem doing this because I'm just talking into a microphone in my basement watching my computer screen and the little um, graph go up and down as my voice talks. So that's super easy for me, great way for me to socialize because I don't have to actually leave my house. Anyway... Um, this is the Thriller Fiction Podcast, Season 3, Episode uh, 308, and we're going to be reading Wounded Animals, Chapter 2. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you want to make sure that you reverse it, go back and listen to that one. Because it might not make a whole lot of sense if you haven't listened to that. But uh, since it's been a few days, here's a little quick recap. Last week we met our hero, Tucker Candle. He was at a bar after a bad day at work. Um... He's lamenting the fact that his wife is seven months pregnant and he's about to get laid off from his job. And uh, he's just trying to drink away his troubles when a mysterious stranger named Kareem appears in front of him doing some what seems like magical things at the bar. And Kareem takes him outside and talks to him and Kareem tells him, whatever you do, do not go on this particular business trip that your boss is going to ask you to go on. He says, if you go, I won't be able to protect you. And that's pretty much where we leave things. And now we're going to pick up the story the next morning after that. And I will see you guys in a few more days. Take care. Chapter 2 I slept well that night, for the first time in forever. Grace's baby bump made her snore like a lawnmower, and I usually couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I was going to be unemployed and without health insurance in a couple months. But I woke up refreshed, feeling like I didn't even need coffee to start the day. I turned over in bed, greeted by the curve of a pregnant belly. The thing frightened me, but I couldn't have said why. I'd heard my baby's heartbeat, I'd seen its demon-like appearance in those blurry, ultrasound pictures. Something about the countdown of three months until fatherhood was like a weight growing a little every day. I have a twenty-minute commute to work, and some asshole always seems to ride my bumper. There should be a law about tailgating people at six o'clock in the morning. Drive friendly, jerks. I usually play this game where I slow down as much as possible until he's forced to pass me. Then I speed up and ride the car's bumper, giggling to myself the whole time. The point of that story is that some guy tailgated me that morning, and I didn't even think twice about it. Kareem was the only thing on my mind. It had been twelve hours since he'd reanimated a rat in front of me, turned water into wine, and sneaked a stun gun in my back pocket. But I couldn't shake the feeling that, despite all I had seen, 
that none of it had actually happened. I wasn't drunk, but the two and a half rum and cokes were sufficient to cloud my head, and I had to factor it into my memory of last night. But was it enough to make me buy into the man's power of suggestion? And what could he gain from trying to keep me from going to Dallas? If this were a long con, I couldn't see anything beyond the surface. If Kareem were some home invasion artist, you'd think he would be encouraging me not to miss my trip to Dallas. I pulled up to the office at a hair past 6.30 and rushed inside. Intellicraft's Denver office building was the envy of the Denver Tech Center area of town. Four stories tall, with massive glass windows and spacious mountain views on three sides of the building. I used to love coming to work here. Up the stairs to the third floor, swiped my key card to enter the cubicle farm. My lungs pulsed as a trickle of sweat ran down my chest. These fifteen extra pounds of sympathy pregnancy weight I'd gained were starting to wear on me, like a water balloon taped to my belly. I crossed the cube farm and said hello to a couple of the late shifters in support, who were usually already gone by now. That meant some of the six o'clockers hadn't showed. Since they'd announced the closing of our office, those absences were becoming a regular occurrence. Most days the building was like a ghost town. The salespeople, at least the ones who were sticking around to collect their severance, all worked from home. Only the support team still bothered to come into the office. I'd moved to Colorado for this job. Hell, they'd even recruited me. They'd brought me here, and now they were cutting me loose. Hard not to feel resentful about it. I pressed the power button on my computer to boot it up, then went to make some coffee. The ancient laptop took two or three minutes to get to the window screen, so I had plenty of time. I shuddered from the customary static electricity shock when I opened the door to the kitchen. Standing in front of the coffee maker, watching brown tar dribble into the pot, I felt the sick, delayed reaction of a hangover creep through my brain. Maybe the drinks had clouded my judgment last night, more than I'd realized. Difficult to say. After returning to my desk, I settled into my chair and clicked through all my emails. In the folder I reserved for important people, right there at the top with a red flag marking it as urgent, was this email. From Roche, Allison, to Candle, Tucker. Subject, clear your calendar for 7 tomorrow. I'll be at the office to meet with you. My jaw tightened, just as Kareem had predicted she wanted to meet with me. You might think it's not unusual for a boss to want to meet with her direct report, but Allison hardly ever showed up in person for such things. Seeing her at the office was only for special occasions. I felt that urge again to quit, to walk out and say, screw all this. But I wanted that severance check, and they'd be looking for a reason to fire me so they wouldn't have to give me one. If Allison said meet, I'd have to do it. I went about my business trying to persuade myself that I wasn't part of some grand plan, not that I had any success believing it. At seven on the dot, she strode through the door. She caught my eye and waved a hand toward a conference room, so I grabbed a notebook and pen and followed her. She was wearing heels today, which meant somebody important was coming. We were usually business casual, which meant a lot of things to a lot of people. But heels? Now that was serious shit. 
She didn't utter a word to me as she entered the Aspen conference room and took a seat at the table. I wondered why she chose this place. It was designed for large groups with a bulky table that seated twenty. I debated if I should sit across from her or in the chair next to her. She made the decision for me when she pointed to one on her left. As soon as I sat, she said, Did you get the training schedule for the Keller account? Their account manager wants to handle it himself, so he's going to go on site and we'll do a post-mortem when he's back. Good, one more thing off our plate. She opened a notebook full of text and traced a pen down a list of items. Surely she hadn't needed to appear at the office to talk about the Keller account. They were barely worth the effort we put out for them. I need you to go back down to Dallas, she said. Pressure built behind my eyeballs, and I had trouble swallowing. I, uh, I thought they were all staffed up. Four out of the last boot camp failed their final exam, and the company has decided not to continue with their employment. They have already started a new boot camp class of alternates as of today. They'll be in HR meetings, but you'll need to be there in the morning to begin the design-on-demand product training. I've already reserved a room for you at the Beechwood and purchased your travel to expedite the approval. Sorry for the late notice, but it was the earliest I could arrange, so I appreciate you being flexible here. I forwarded the confirmation to your outlook this morning. I had a fleeting memory of last night, practicing what I was going to say when Kareem proposed this scenario to me. Something about Grace not being able to get along without me? That I had a judo tournament this weekend I couldn't miss? While I was sitting there racking my brain, I could see Allison losing her patience. Bed rest, that was it. She tapped her pencil against the notebook. Did you have some questions or something? It's just that, the thing is, it's about Grace. That reminds me, I saw her at the gym yesterday. Hard to believe she's six months pregnant. Looks fantastic, if you ask me. Seeing her on the bike, sweating it out like that, made me wish I'd taken better care of myself when I was pregnant. Okay, so the bed rest excuse was out. Time to try something else. Don't you think maybe someone local would be better suited? Her face hardened. What are you saying to me, Candle? I've already bought your plane tickets. I tried to engineer another line of defense, but each idea dried up on my lips. She gripped the pencil, which bowed under the pressure of her fingers. Nobody likes this situation, but you, Candle, I don't understand you at all. You had an opportunity. You had a way to get above all this, and yet you won't take it. I had nothing to say to that, so I sat back and nodded. They're in the Irving office, not the downtown office. Your rental car is at Enterprise. All of this is in the email I forwarded you. I assume I'll be working through the weekend on this one? They have an aggressive boot camp schedule for this group, so yes. With that, she stood up and swept past me, leaving me alone in the oversized conference room. I stared at a motivational poster boasting about opportunity, flung my pencil at it. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. 
Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.